I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. Oh, no, this little light of mine. Hey, I'm gonna let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul. The only way I know with love on the radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's great to have you join me here on a Tuesday. It's a short week here in Hillsdale, about to go on fall break, which I think is a well-needed respite that we all desperately are looking forward to, to uh, recalibrate, rejuvenate before we have the big Thanksgiving haul before that that next uh, vacation where, where we're going to need to get a lot of rest before we have a lot of tests, a lot of quizzes, a lot of essays and all the all the stressful stuff that we deal with here at Hillsdale. But it's all good because we're learning and we're learning a lot of good stuff. I think we have a pretty good show prepared today for you. We've got a testimony from a man named Phil. The first time I heard my dad say he loved me was I was in jail. I was 18 years old and we were looking at each other across the a glass you know, and he told me he loved me. And I broke down, I cried. It was the first time I ever heard him. And I still remember that day, you know. A very, very beautiful story you're not going to want to miss about love and about second chances and about really how Jesus cleanses us and makes us new, a new creation, free of the past sin that we've cre- that we've de- gone through and dealt with. And I think it'll be a very encouraging uh, testimony for you today. That's coming up in the second half of the show. Plus, I, I actually had a wonderful prayer prayer time over the weekend with Jesus, and I asked for him to speak to my heart. You're not going to want to miss that. That's coming up in the first half, plus a good news story and so much more. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? woo All right, so it's October 19th, 2021. It's a Tuesday. There's a couple different holidays today, but the one I want to focus on is today is National Evaluate Your Life Day. And I thought it was a good one for us because I think everyone can evaluate what's going on in their life. And I think it's a good thing for us to do. And I know it's only once a year that this holiday is... is, is officially on the calendar. So I thought we'd talk about it, celebrate it as best we can. How can we evaluate our life today? And and I was thinking about this, and I think the best way we can do this is making sure that, that at some point, maybe today, if you have the time, write down some goals that you have. And I know this might sound cliche. This might sound a little bit cheesy because I know people do this for New Year's, the New Year's resolution and all of that. But I think if we write down some goals today, we, we can determine and assess how well we have been doing in terms of trying to accomplish the things that are before us, the tasks that are laid out in front of us, and as well as write down some miracles. Maybe pick out three miracles that have been an impact in your life, maybe recently, or even if it had to have been all throughout your whole life. Write down three big miracles that you don't ever want to forget. Write down three goals that you have. Maybe make it more specific. Maybe make it for the next week, for the next month. And if you want to make one for the for the next year, I think these will be good things for us because then we can assess and, and we can keep track of what's taking place in our life. And I noticed something. 
every time a, a powerful thing happens, every time we, we experience the, the majesty and the wonder of God, at least in my life, what begins to happen over time? Well, what I notice is what begins to happen is we begin to forget what took place. The devil seems to rob our memory and our joy about how amazing God worked in our life. And maybe this is just me, but I don't think I'm alone here. Where God works in your life and he does something that is unexplainable except by the grace of God. And within a week, maybe within a month, we begin to forget it. And then a couple months later, we were talking about miracles with a friend or we're thinking about all the great things that God's done in the Bible. And we think, well, why doesn't God continue to do those biblical miracles today? And we've already forgotten what he has done. Well, what I wanna do today is I wanna share a miracle that I believe just recently took place over the weekend in my life. And this way, I know I can't forget it because it'll be archived in the show so that that'll be a good thing for me at least so I can go back and listen to it. And also maybe to encourage your faith and also for you to think about a miracle that maybe recently took place in your life. And if there has been one, I know there has, and you're willing to share it with us on the show, email me. My email is ryoung at hillsdale.edu, ryoung at hillsdale.edu. And I'm thinking about maybe even making a regular segment in the show, maybe once a week or, or however often we, we get a miracle to share a modern day miracle that took place on this earth in the lives of the listeners of this show. And I think that would be very, very awesome. But let me tell you about what happened over the weekend. So, I was a little tired. Obviously, it was a busy week, and I was just kind of relaxing and trying to recuperate over the weekend. I kind of quieted my mind, and I was in prayer like I normally am during the night. Before I go to bed, I often just lay in my bed and reach out to God and thank Him for the day and for the blessings and and ask Him for help in various areas. Well, this night, I think it was, if I recall, it was Saturday night. I was lying in my bed, and I was just praying and praying and praying and praying. And I was telling God about how how blessed I was for all the blessings that he gave me to be at this school with the friends that I have, with my family and my girlfriend and everything. And I was just just pouring my heart out as best I could. And I felt the Holy Spirit come on top of me. And I felt his love and his presence embrace inside my heart. And it actually began to make me weep. And I began crying like a little baby in my bed for Jesus. And it was a very, very real, powerful feeling. I felt as though I was, I was overcome with the Holy Spirit and I began to actually shiver in my bed as tears streamed down my face. And while I was praying to Jesus, I asked him that he would speak to my heart as I typed on my computer the prayers that I was, that I was saying out loud. And oftentimes this might sound weird, but I like to type as I'm praying because I like to be able to see not only the prayers that I'm saying so I can keep records of whether or not they were answered or not, and they all are, whether or not God says something directly or says no or even tells me to wait, they're all being answered. But I like to be able to keep track of the things that I pray sometimes and also to allow him to speak to my heart. And the way that I've seen Jesus speak to my heart is actually while I'm praying to allow him to type through my hands as, as I surrender my heart to him and, and just write out what I feel God's placing in my heart. And I ended up doing that. And I would say within 10 minutes, I had almost three pages 
worth of prayers that God was telling me directly and speaking directly to my heart for a time as today. And what I did was after I typed this all up the next day, I recorded what he wrote. I spoke it into the microphone. I added some music and I actually made a video of it because I think it's that powerful, that beautiful, and I wanted to share it with everyone. And this isn't me. This is truly what I believe to be God speaking through my heart and into this writing. And I have the recording here. It's about seven minutes long. I want to share it with you. And I pray that this might touch you. I think these are some very encouraging words, some powerful words to bring you out of your previous life and into a cleansed and holy relationship with Jesus Christ. Take a listen, listen to the prayers that that God spoke to my heart over the weekend. Are you letting your past define your present? Are you letting the deeds you committed in the dark continue to dim your light today? Are you constantly picking the self-inflicted scabs of your former self in order to escape the calling God has placed in you today? God has set you free from all shame, guilt, hurt, anxiety, fear, and sorrow. The day you accepted Jesus into your heart and his love overwhelmed your whole being, the day his love broke through into your soul and transformed your destination, you were in that moment made a new creation. You were cleansed from all unrighteousness. You were transformed into the image of God and washed clean of all iniquity. The past does not define who you have now become through him. You are holy righteous and loved by a heavenly father who sent his only son to die on a cross so that you could be free from your former self. When you were a slave to sin, Jesus loved you and saw you as his child. While you were drowning in sorrow and overcome with pride, self-gratification and lust, he reached his hand out and pulled you out of the water. He cleansed you of your past Stop holding on to it. Stop living as though you were never cleansed. You were chosen. You were not forsaken. Now you have a calling, a purpose, a mission. Lay down your shame. Lay down the pain. You are loved. You've been placed on this earth for such a time as this to go forward in the name of Jesus Christ and live a life of love. Jesus didn't die on a cross to save you from the consequence of sin. He died on that cross to set you free from a life of sin. He promised to throw your sins as far as the east is to the west, to be remembered no more. If he made that promise to you, why then are you holding on to your past? Why are you allowing the past to define you now? Now is the time to walk hand in hand with Jesus on this earth. Now is the time to share his love to everyone you meet. Now is the time to share what he did in your life. Now is the time to proclaim that Jesus is Lord and that he desires that no one should perish, but all should have eternal life. Now is the time to testify of the transformation that Jesus did within your heart. 
how you were once filled with guilt and shame, how you once allowed fear to dictate your life, how you felt unlovely and unworthy to be loved, how you were addicted to pleasing your flesh and satisfying your own desires, and how now you want nothing more than to proclaim the message of Jesus and share his love to everyone you meet. Where's the kindness? Where's the love? Don't let your love be hidden by shame. We're living in a world that is desperate for God's love. There is nothing more important for you to do than to live a life of love, dedicated to pursuing and proclaiming God's work within you. The Christian life isn't easy. There are going to be trials of many kinds. There will be temptation, torment, and tragedy. But through it all, we can have the confidence that God is in control and He has conquered it all. We are more than conquerors. You are on a mission right now to fully represent Christ's love. Everything apart from this is meaningless. The world emphasizes all the wrong things. Don't worry about growing a network or building a net worth. Don't focus on your own pleasures or comparing yourself to others. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. You are a child in his kingdom and there is no shortage there. Your joy needs to be fixed solely on his shoulders. Don't allow circumstances to steal your peace. Don't allow relationships to stronghold your joy. Tether yourself only to Jesus. He is the only foundation which will never be shaken. When tragedy strikes, rejoice all the more, for this is the will of God. Ask yourself, do you want God's will to be done or your own? Do you want his blessings or your counterfeits? Do you want your prayers to be granted or answered? Are you okay if God says no? Will you be broken if a loved one is called home to heaven? Will your faith persevere no matter what happens in this fallen world? God will never lose his grip on you. He loves you so deeply. He hears your inner thoughts, your feelings of inadequacy. He sees the tears you shed, the smile you force, and the laughter you fake. There is no reason to remain in this state of suffering. God has called you out of this cycle of pain and into his ever-loving arms. It is time to rejoice. It's time to raise a hallelujah. It's time to shout for joy. Be heavenly minded, not earthly focused. Open your heart to the suffering taking place around you instead of focusing on the pain that previously afflicted you. If you are easily offended by others, quick to lash out when something goes wrong, if you throw a fit when your plans are changed, this is idolatry. It is time to acknowledge that your death has been defeated. It is time to sing in the midst of the storms. It is time to be so heavenly minded that your love, joy, and peace can never be affected by anything this world can bring about. I pray that you are so filled with his spirit that all you can speak of, think of, and act on is elevating the kingdom of heaven. I pray that your faith would bear fruit in the lives of everyone who crosses your path. Do you have the impetus to obey and the faith to believe? 
the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, caused Peter to walk on water, brought Lazarus back from the dead, fed 5,000, caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the lame to walk, that same power lives within you. Now it's time to act on it. It was a blessing just being able to write that and to, to put the music to it and, and to record it. And I even turned it into a little video. It's on my Instagram page, at Real Ryan M. Young, if you want to check it out. And I truly believe that that was God speaking through my heart. And, and it, it's not by me, not by my strength, nothing to do with me actually at all, other than the fact that I was willing to surrender myself fully to his voice as I was broken, breaking down in tears on my bed. And I wanted to share that with you because I believe that God speaks to anyone and everyone, any person that surrenders themselves and asks for, their, for God to speak to their heart, to encourage them, to lead them, to, the, to direct them, he will speak to you. And we have to confess of our sins. We have to admit that we are not worthy of his love, but that yet he has made us a new creation. He has forgiven us of our sins and we have now been made holy and righteous and blameless before the Father. And then Jesus will be able to communicate to us, we'll be able to communicate to him and we'll be able to be in that, that relationship. And I was recently at lunch with my roommate and we were talking about different things and we started talking and he said the word religion and I told him it's actually one of my biggest pet peeves, the word religion. And I was trying to explain it without being judgmental or anything like that. I didn't want to come across that way. But I just, I don't know, something about that word bothers me. It's like religion makes the relationship that I have with Jesus sound so far away, such a tradition, such a, a, a like doctrinal, almost like practice instead of a relationship, a one-on-one -on -one direct communication with my father, with really the love of my life, Jesus Christ. And I, I've just decided to not use the word religion anymore when I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus. And maybe you'll feel the same way. Maybe you already do. But I wanted to share that. That, that just popped into my head. So I felt like telling you this. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I pray that that brief, brief, really testimony will, will bless you today. And perhaps you'll share it with your friends and your loved ones. Got a story And it's time to tell Cause I just can't, just can't keep it to myself Somebody give me your microphone Or a megaphone Or a telephone You gotta clap your hands Gonna wanna dance Good news Got that old Make new Got that joy Coming through Got me feeling alright Right, everybody, I got a good news story for you today, one that I hope will bless you and give you an encouragement and an inspiration for you to go forward today and be a, 
help someone in, in a really great way, if possible today, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe where you're going, whatever you're doing today, you are there for a purpose and you can make a difference in the lives of so many people. And I want to share a story of how these young, this young group of men were able to bless an elderly woman whose scooter broke down. Let me tell you the story. So in Florida, this young, this older, woman was trying to get home and she got caught in a major rainstorm on the side of the road and her scooter that she rides, one of those uh, scooters that you sit on to, to travel places that you see them at um, grocery stores in order to, to shop. You know what I'm talking about, that type of scooter. It broke down, it malfunctioned. She was unable to continue forward. And a group about, I think four, four guys were leaving from a construction site job that they had. And they walked past this elderly woman and they saw that she was sitting in the pouring rain. Her scooter was in, unable to go anywhere. And they ended up pushing the scooter all the way back to the lady's house. One of them was, the picture shows one of them with a giant umbrella in front so that way the rain wouldn't hit her as they pushed her up the hill all the way home. And I don't know how far the distance was to her home, but it was it was a good distance. And they ended up pushing all the way her all the way home after a busy day of work. And I've got a quote here. It says, quote, those scooters are heavy, added the resident, Add the resident's weight, her groceries, and collapsing tires. The sum is a whole workout, but I am proud of the sacrifice that we made. Quote, we were tired, dirty, and wanted to get back to the hotel, but knew without a doubt that regardless of our long day, it certainly wasn't worse than the day this lady was having. She literally had a plastic bag on her head to keep her hair dry. We knew we couldn't leave her in the rain in the middle of the road, frantically trying to get her scooter to work again. And these gentlemen stepped in, saved this lady's day brought her safely to her house and out of a rainstorm. And I was blessed by this because it's a, it's an easy thing that they did. It was a sacrifice of their time and their talent and the strength that they had to do this. But it was a blessing for this elderly woman. And I pray that you will find a lady in a similar situation today. You will find someone dealing with something that, that, that they can't seem to figure out. And you will be able to step in just like these men did to help them and maybe even be able to share the message of Jesus. Jesus and to live out the actions of Jesus to someone today. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're coming back with a powerful testimony and a really important question of the day. Don't go anywhere. everybody. Welcome back to the Ryan Young Show. I'm Ryan Young, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We've got a powerful testimony today for you about the message of love and Jesus's second chance when he saved you from your sins, set you free of a previous life. You have been made a new creation, and we hear that exactly is what happens to Phil. Take a listen to Phil's testimony. I was born in New York, in the Bronx, but I was raised till I was six in Manhattan, in Washington Heights. My dad was was a, a you know he was he drank a lot, 
and partied a lot and um there wasn't a there wasn't a lot of love you know he he did love me he loved us he provided for us he was there but then you know he had his imperfections which um impacted my life and um my mom was was my life she was you know she was everything to me so um at about 12 years old my mom passed away and it just messed my whole life up you know and i i remember going to school um and then kids in school were making fun of me because and making fun of my mom and i remember hate and anger entering into my heart for these kids that were you know making fun of me <laughs> making fun of my mom who had just passed away and so my heart was darkened and at that moment it was it was hardened um so i i uh, i i uh, sort of uh, navigated towards uh violence so you know i was i was just this guy who was full of anger and hate and violence because uh i've had been hurt by people you know i mean all you had to do was look at me wrong and i was just this this mean guy full of hate and visceral and, and just I, you know and i wanted to cause damage and you know some people really love like the money and they love they love the big houses and they and they'll do anything for that or they, or they love the sex and they love the women and you know me it was i was into i was into the violence i was into the the fighting i was into that stuff in junior high i ended up uh, joining a gang at that time they were called the new york Ricans and um at later times they were called uh uh, Carroll City, the boys, and 47th Ave, the boys, and they were at one point the most want, the most wanted gang in 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 Miami's police department. You know, so they were re really wanted to break us up because we were we were small, but we were uh, doing a lot of damage, we were selling a lot of dope, breaking into a lot of homes, you know, home invasions and and things like that. We, and I ended up getting shot twice, once in once in the belly and once in the shoulder. And that bullet hit my spine. I'll tell you how good God is. It hit my spine and I dropped immediately. And my cousin and my cousin uh, pulled out his gun and just started shooting into the vehicle. And I look back and we ask ourselves, how did, how did he miss? He missed everyone in the car. The, 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 the car was riddled with bullets. They showed, you know, they showed us pictures. The police showed us pictures. And then... Um, <laughs> No one was hit, you know? And I look back and I always ask, I ask God about a lot of things that have happened in my past. And and um, and I know that they weren't hit because I'd probably still be in jail right now, you know? So he, my, my leg was, was numb for two, I couldn't feel my leg for two weeks. You know, I had an operation, of, my intestines were ripped apart. They uh, sewed it back together. And, and, you know, I was shot right here. That one went in and out, didn't hit a bone, but it was uh, pretty close to my to my head. And um, I started to get close. I started to get close to God. And the first time in my life, I was separated from the things of the world. I was separated from my friends, from my my uh, gang lifestyle, you know. And and uh, I started to draw near to God. And I started to chase after him and I started to go after him. To my surprise, you know, I, I was one night, I was in my bed and I started to pray. It was just like this fire 
just came inside of me and empowered me. And, and all I could do was cry. All I could do was cry, man. Jesus, I love you. And all I could say was, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love And that's all I could say. I had a bunkie and I asked him, man, was I loud last night? Did you hear what? He said, no, I didn't hear anything. He slept right through it. It was just incredible. That night, Jesus came to visit me. You know, God came to visit me in my jail cell. It was so unexpected and it blew my, my mind away and it blew my, it blew the lid of, off of everything I can think of. And it, it just took me into a, you know, a different dimension. So heaven invaded me. And I began to preach the word of God while I was in there. You know, but the only thing I preached was the love of Jesus and how real he was, you know, and, and, and how awesome he was and, and, and how they can have it too, you know. That's where my journey with him really began. He protected me through the craziness of in the lifestyle that I was living. You know, I've gone to jail. I sold drugs, like home, home invasion, stealing, robbing this. And he protected me, you know. I went from using these hands to hurt people. And now I pray with people. I lay hands on them and God uses me to, to uh, uh, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. I went from shooting and beating and selling dope and hurting people to to helping people. I mean, it's an amazing thing. You know, I, I think the only way we can properly love is when we experience the love of Jesus because he says he loved us first. We love because he first loved us. So now we know how to love. Now I can tell my son, I love you. You know, and that's those are the things I, I didn't receive from my dad. Only God can just pull me out of that perversion and darkness and take me into a place like this. A beautiful, beautiful testimony from Phil. Thank you, Phil, for sharing your story with us here today. And the question I have for you, what will it take to bring you to your knees? What will God have to do to save you? from your sins, because you realize he, he is not willing that any shall perish, but all shall have eternal life for those that believe and trust in him. And a, a scripture passage, actually the verse of the day on the app that I use is pretty fitting. It's second Peter three, the Lord, second Peter three, nine, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. And I mean, we, we heard the story of Phil. He was involved in a gang. He had been shot twice. He was selling drugs, breaking into homes. He went to prison and, and through it all, Jesus came to him, showed him what it meant to truly love. And as Phil said, that he loved him first. And that was how he was able, Phil was able to know what love was. And he was able to now love his son and his father and his family. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful reminder of what our purpose is here on this earth. It's not to get caught up in what is right and what is wrong and all these different things and get caught up with other people about all different things that we see today where Christians are fighting with one another. No, it's, it's to really understand what Christ's love is and then to live it out in every action, in every way that we possibly can and to surrender our own selfish desires, our own hurt and our own anxiety and be set free of our previous life and live a new and holy and cleansed life 
in him. And that's going to, it's, it's a struggle. And that's something that I struggle with every single day. And I know you probably do too. And what it requires is it requires us to truly surrender every single moment of the day. And we'll find ourselves where evil thoughts come into our mind and, and horrible things pop into our head. And, and that's human nature. I, no one's, I don't think there's anyone that's truly free of that until you get to heaven. We are living on this earth, but we are not of the earth but we're still going to do face attacks and scripture is what will purify our mind. Prayer is what will purify our mind. And we need to denounce the devil and he will flee, proclaim the name of Jesus. And we will be filled with that fire and brought to tears and weeping as Phil described. And as even I described earlier in the show, I'm Ryan Young and this is the Ryan Young show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts. In all of our questions, all of our searching, when we are wrestling, you don't let go. The questions come, but you All right, so I've got a very, very interesting question for you today. And this is one that I think Christians have debated with one another for a while. And I know I don't want to get caught up in a huge debate, but I think it's something that we can think about and something that will be, will be enjoyable for us to, to discuss and to look at scripture about. And that is, do dogs go to heaven? Do animals go to heaven when they die? And this is something that obviously, like I said, people have a lot of strong opinions about. But what I want to do today is discuss whether or not it's possible, discuss what scripture passages could, could point to whether or not it's true. And then I want to start from a very basic output outset and, and then discuss what it will be like in heaven based off of what we know in the Bible. So let's start. First of all, I want to say that nowhere in the Bible is it definitive that animals and, and dogs do, do not make it to heaven, as well as the fact that nowhere is it specifically mentioned and stated perfectly clear that dogs, when they die, or, or cats, or, or animals for that case, when they die, will go to heaven. There's several verses that show that animals are, in fact, in heaven, but the question is, are those the same animals that died on this earth that have now made it to heaven? Do animals have souls? And we could get into all of this. So let's just start with some Bible verses that I want to share with you today. First, in Genesis 1.30, it says, And to all the beasts of the earth, and all to the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. And here in Genesis 1.30, we can start from the very beginning of Scripture. We see that all the beasts of the earth, all the birds of the sky, they all have the breath of life living inside of them. And so we see here that this would be a, a good case to argue that if they have the breath of life in them, uh, that is the Holy Spirit living with inside the beasts, you could make the argument for. Now, people in this argument, in, the, in this discussion, can get caught up in whether or not animals have souls, whether or not they they are able to make the choice to accept Jesus. And I would have to say that, no, that is what dis differentiates us from animals. That, that's what makes us rational beings is the fact that we have the free will to choose whether or not we will be near to Jesus, to, to follow and obey Jesus's commands or to reject him, to deny him and to live a life on our own. And I think 
That's an important distinction that we need to acknowledge at the very beginning. But one thing that I wanted to point out, but there's actually a scripture passage here that shows that animals, in fact, are made in the nature to worship God. They were created for the sole purpose. They actually do not have the free will to deny Jesus. And so then you could ask yourself, does that mean that they are automatically uh, welcome in the kingdom of heaven? And I want to read to you Job 12, 7 through 10, and then we can think about this. But ask the animals and they will teach you or the birds in the sky and they will tell you or speak to the earth and it will teach you or let the fish in the sea inform you which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this. In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. This is powerful here. And we see another scripture passage that mentions specifically that if we refuse to worship Jesus, Even the rocks will cry cry out his name. Even all animals and the trees and the wind will whisper Jesus's name and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And so this, this right here is powerful because we see that the animals, the creation are all willing and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord above all things. And so, I would ask you, what is the requirement to make it to heaven? What is the requirement to have a place in God's kingdom? And we know that it is to simply proclaim that Jesus is Lord and to accept him as our savior. And animals do not have the choice to not accept him as their savior. And so I would I would make a strong case here that there is definitely um, enough biblical evidence to suggest and to show that animals have the ability to be to be allowed in the kingdom of heaven. Whether or not they are in fact there, we will discuss now. We will discuss going forward. But we can see here from a very basic standpoint, they meet the requirement to make it to heaven because they have proclaimed and, and they know, in fact, they can even teach us that Jesus is Lord. And let's talk here. Let's go all the way down to Revelations in the end times when, when God establishes the heavens on the earth. Revelations 5.13 says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. There, we have proof now that animals will be in heaven. I heard every creature in heaven. If it was just mankind, it would say, I just heard mankind. I heard all of mankind proclaim in heaven. No, it says, I heard every creature in heaven. Pretty powerful right there that we are able to see that animals do have a place in heaven. And I want to share another scripture passage if I can find it really quick. It's in Ecclesiastes, I believe. Hold on one moment. Okay, I can't find it specifically, but I'll be able to to maybe quote it for you in a moment. In Ecclesiastes, here it is. It says, as for humans, God tests them so that they may see that they are like the animals. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits both of them. As one dies, so does the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place. All come from the same place. And from dust to dust, they shall return. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and if the spirit of the animals, animals go down and into the earth, question mark. There we go. Another question that, we, that is presented here in Ecclesiastes 
Do we have an advantage over the animals? If we are, we are created by the same person and we shall return to the same person, as Ecclesiastes points out here. Also, Psalms 50, 10 through 11, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields belong to me. If they belong to Christ and they, they, they are his creation, why all of a sudden when they die, would they no longer be with him? They didn't do anything to deserve hell, did they? If they only have the the capability of proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, how can we make the argument that they won't be then with Jesus in heaven? See, for me, there seems to be more evidence pointing pointing that animals will make it to heaven, that when they die, that they, they can make it to heaven. Now, the strong argument against it is, well, Ryan, are you saying that animals have souls? And here I would have to stop and I'd have to think, well, how are we defining a soul? Are we defining a soul as, as the free will to choose to, to do right or do wrong, to do evil or do good? Because that's oftentimes how, how I would define the soul, the ability to rationally decide whether or not you can make a right decision or a wrong decision. That's a soul. Then if that's the argument we're going under, animals then do not have a soul. But what they do have is only the ability to do right. And you might say, well, animals do all sorts of things that are bad. They've got sharp teeth. They kill different animals. They can attack humans. But is that the fault of the animal or is that the fault of mankind today? Misusing the animals, misabusing the animals? That's the question I have for you. Because if you acknowledge that then animals can do bad things, then you have actually made the case for an animal having a soul and having the ability to choose right and wrong. You see, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to make the argument that animals do not have a soul, then you have to acknowledge that they only are able to do good. And if you acknowledge that they have, uh, that, then you, if you challenge that and say, well, they can do bad too, then you've just made the case for them having a soul. And in that case, then would have the choice to whether to follow Jesus or to not. And in that case, then would be qualified once again under your reasoning and under the reasoning that you'd present that they would be able to choose to go to heaven or not. And I want to be clear here about this debate that we're having, kind of, I'm basically having with myself, but I was able to talk to my girlfriend about it and we kind of took a side and we, we tried to discuss it so I would be able to speak about this today on the show and try to address both sides of this argument. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, there's no clear-cut direct quote or, or scripture passage that say, and all the animals that pass away will reign again in heaven. No, there's nowhere that says that, but there's also nowhere that says that all the animals that die will not have a place in heaven. I've, I've made that clear. But one thing, regardless of whether or not our pets, when they die, will be in heaven, which I believe they will be, just to be clear, but you can have your own opinion since it's not clear cut. One thing I want to encourage you, though, is you will not miss anything or anyone when you're in heaven. You will not fear pain. You will not fear have sorrow or, or, or tears of, of regret or, or dread. You will not be able to feel that. And the way I thought about it last night when I was speaking with my girlfriend is, remember when, when you get put under um, for anesthesiology, anesthesia? Think about it this way. You can try your hardest to stay awake when they put the anesthesia medicine in your arm. You can try your hardest to fight to not fall asleep, but guess what's going to happen? 
You're going to fall asleep. And that's how I would like you to look at the, to picture, at least for this moment, what it'll be like in heaven. You can try your hardest to try to feel sorrow and pain and hurt and anxiety. And if your pet's not there to, to wish your pet was there, but God's love will overwhelm you like anesthesia and you will be unable to experience that pain. You will be unable to escape the love and the warmth and the grace of God. And I I thought that would be an encouraging way to end this discussion of whether or not we believe pets will make it to heaven. I encourage you to look into the scripture passages yourself. I've quoted many of them. See that in fact, we, we can agree, no matter what, no matter where you stand, that animals are do have a place in heaven. We see scripture where the wolves and the, the lamb will lie side by side, the lion, and the, lamb, the lion and the lamb, a child will lead them all. We see all sorts of animals mentioned in heaven, so we can at least be confident of that. I'm Ryan Young, and this has been the Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I hope you have a beautiful and a blessed day. I'm not going to be here Thursday. It's fall break, but have a great time, and I'll see you when I get back.